You are listening to Hope for Women with Father Wounds, Episode 2, Knowing God as Father, Part 1, Forgiving God. I am your host, Kia Stevens. This podcast is for women who have experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship as a result of divorce, abandonment, abuse, incarceration, addiction, or a physically present but an emotionally absent father. The aim of this podcast is to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Today we are talking about God as Father, and I have divided this subject into three subcategories. The first being that of forgiving God, and the second is what to do when God is silent, and the third is God is the perfect Father. Make sure and listen to all three episodes in the Knowing God as Father three-part series. Now, it may seem sacrilegious, but it is possible to harbor unforgiveness towards God. It is possible to be angry with God because of the things he allows or does not allow in our lives. I know this firsthand. There was a season in my adult life where I felt betrayed by God. I could not understand why God created men and women with a desire to be fathered, but allowed them to grow up fatherless or experience father wounds. It just didn't make sense. How could a loving God permit this to happen? My view of God was shaped by my three, sometimes more nights a week church attendance. I was on a pew every Sunday, sometimes three services in one day, Tuesday and Wednesday. It was ingrained in me to follow the rules and I tried unsuccessfully, but I tried nonetheless. As a result, I began to view Christianity as a contractual relationship where my performance became payment for answered prayer. When my prayers went unanswered in my adult life, I became disillusioned with God. He was no longer the good God of my youth, but a cruel manipulator sitting high and crafting painful experiences at will. God knew I would struggle, spending years in a perpetual cyclone of low self-esteem, anger, bad relationships, and depression. Why didn't he just step in and alter my life? He could have. God, in his infinite power, could supply every newborn baby girl with a loving father in an instant. But he doesn't. Why? Does he not care? Is he not concerned about the pain of millions of women and men all over the world? I was not the first person to ask these questions. It was a repackaged version of why does God allow suffering, sickness, death, murder, rape, abuse? How can these horrible realities continue to persist in the presence of an almighty and loving God? I, like many, found myself angry with God because he hadn't answered my prayers in the way I believed he should have answered my prayers. I perceived God to be absent or distant in my life. From my vantage point, God could not be trusted because trusting him would only lead to heartache. I had not entertained that there was a correlation between the type of biological father I grew up with and the way I viewed God. By design, the relationships with our biological dads should prepare us for a relationship with our Heavenly Father. A daddy's nature provides a window through which we can experience the heart of God. According to the Washington Times, sociologists say it's common for people to perceive that God is like the fatherly figures in their lives. If dad is caring, 
patient, and concerned, then children will believe God has those same characteristics. And the opposite holds true when a father is harsh, judgmental, or absent. Most often when fathers are tender, loving, and compassionate, it lends itself to believing God is this way too. Likewise, if the father was abusive, absent, physically or emotionally, the adult child may believe that is God's nature as well. I did. Frustrated and questioning, I stepped into the ring and boxed with God for years. I swung punches and he countered with gentleness. I blamed him and he loved me unconditionally. If you find yourself in a similar place, I want to share a few of the things I learned about God and myself during that time. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Number one. Christianity is not rule worship, and God cannot be controlled. He is not a genie waiting to bring our every desire to fruition. My relationship with Christ is a passionate expression of my gratitude for him embracing a sinner like me. It is not a list of rules I follow with the expectation that Christ will do what I say in return. Number two, everyone has trouble in life. There is no one that gets a pain pass. Whereas one person grows up without a father, another may suffer with an incurable illness, another may face poverty. In John 16, 33, we are reminded in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Number three, Christ himself suffered for my sake first. If Christ bore rejection, shame, betrayal, loneliness, and pain beyond comprehension, How can I expect not to have my own share of suffering? Number four, suffering does not change the nature of God, period. God loves me infinitely and you too. I cannot predicate his love for me on what he does or does not do. We are reminded of this truth in the words of the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31 and 3. It says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Number five, God has the power to fill every void in a father wounded woman. The reality is there are many things I will never do with my earthly dad, but I have the opportunity to spend a lifetime being loved by my heavenly father. First John three and one says, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Number six, suffering has a purpose. God often turns our pain into purpose. 
He uses our pain to display his great power in the lives of mankind. God is able to take the broken pieces of our lives and make a beautiful portrait for others to view. Now, before he can do this, however, we first need to identify whether we are harboring unforgiveness towards God. By this point in the podcast, you probably have an internal indicator letting you know if you have unforgiveness or not. But just in case, here are a few questions to ask yourself if you are unsure. Are you angry at, disappointed by, indifferent to, or distant from God? Do you have a sarcastic or cynical response when you hear people talking about God's goodness? Are you unable to reframe your experiences to see how God was at work even in the painful parts of life? Are you blaming God for circumstances in your life? Are you secretly keeping score in your relationship with God? This is not an exhaustive list, but it is a great place to start. If one of those questions caused you to feel uncomfortable, you could have unforgiveness. The first step in forgiving God is to admit it. Just go ahead and say it. God, I am harboring unforgiveness towards you because I felt hurt when you, fill in the blank, did not answer my prayers, did not bring my father back home, did not keep my parents from getting a divorce, did not keep my father alive. I am angry with you, God. The next step would be to recognize the sovereignty of God. Simply put, God is in control and we are not. Although this is difficult to accept, it is a reality. God is in control of all things, including our lives. We may pray, scream, throw a temper tantrum, and wallow, but if it's not the will of God, our behavior won't change our circumstances. The sooner we accept this reality, the better off we will be. This revelation will aid us in submitting to his will for our lives rather than waging war against it. The next step would be to repent or turn away from this unforgiveness. We may need to verbalize it out loud by saying, God, I'm sorry for harboring unforgiveness towards you. Please help me with my emotions and unresolved feelings. Help my mind and heart to follow suit. Help me to see you for who you truly are, a heavenly father, and not through the lens of my own pain. The next and final step would be to make a conscious decision to trust God no matter what. This is where we have to walk it out. The next time we are disappointed, broken, angry, bitter, or disillusioned with what God allows in our lives, we have to go back to our decision to trust God and believe that he has our best interest at heart. God in his sovereignty placed encouragement in his word for those with father wounds. In Psalms 27, 10, he says, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. In Romans 8 and 15, he says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. God was intentional about communicating his heart towards us. He longs for us to know him as our perfect father. Intimately concerned about the things that concern us. First Peter 5 and 7. He cares about every tear you have ever cried regarding your father and he wants to replace sorrow with hope and peace. 
if you have a father wound, know that the void of a father wounded daughter is filled by the infinite love of an abundant God. Whether your dad is deceased, absent, divorced, unavailable, incarcerated, or you don't even know who he is, sis, there is hope for you. Hope to be healed. Hope to be secure. Hope to be free, completely free. Hope to be satisfied with the love of God. Yes, there is hope for women with father wounds. This was episode two of Hope for Women with Father Wounds. I am your host, Kia Stevens. Join me for episode three, Knowing God as Father, part two. What to do when God is silent. Hope for Women with Father Wounds is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so that more listeners can find us. You can learn more about Kia Stevens and her ministry, The Father Swap, by visiting kiastevens.com and fatherswap.com. This episode was produced by me, Kelly Givens, and edited by Steven Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts, just head over to lifeaudio.com. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. <laughs> Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author and speaker John Driver, for Talk About That at LifeAudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.